Welcome, foolish mortals. We haven't started an episode with a creepy intro in a long time. And there's something in this movie that kind of looked like a ghost. So I thought it was time to bring it back. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, we always try to do an intro that's related to the film. I thought you were just going to like make out with me. But uh, that's what I was hoping. You went, um, you went the Disney route. I, 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 I should have guessed that. I would seen that coming. I would have. I would have done that if yeah. you were a lady. <laughs> Watch the movie and you'll figure it out. Well, today we're talking about Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Welcome to Movie Club, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the movie. Hope you've watched the movie. Uh, yeah. Welcome. This is a, this is a, a Derek pick. Darren, you say you, that like it's an insult. No, no, no. I'm just, yeah. why, why did you pick uh, this movie? It is an insult to you, me. You really want to know? I do. Uh, are you ready for the truth? I think so. I can handle the I truth. I wanted to watch a good movie. That's okay. That's what it was. Yeah. We, we I, just watched Babylon. Yeah, actually, I specifically wanted to watch a movie that was highly rated because okay. you said everybody told you Babylon sucked, <laughs> yeah. and I felt personally offended by that. Okay, and So I said, you know, I'm going to find a movie that everybody says is good, and All I'm going right. to make people watch that. We just talked about that. I don't know who I was with, but we were talking about that here the other day, and I do want to say, I want to back myself up here. Okay. The, the purpose of Movie Club is discussion. I, I, it's not necessarily the obligation of it being a great movie. I was fascinated by how this director that everyone was in love with suddenly like Hollywood turned on. I was curious about that, uh, p- that whole pathos there. So I, well, I defend my decision. I wish you would have said that before we watched it. Cause then I would have <laughs> gone in expecting a three hour slog fest. Oh, cause that's what it was. Yeah. You know, and I, I did and I ended up not, not that I, I was braced for it. So maybe there's something to that. Yeah. You yeah, told I me, was not braced. you told me it was the guy who made La La Land. So yes, I guess I'm yeah. the idiot. <laughs> Because I expected something that was good. So I wanted to find a shorter movie under three hours that was highly acclaimed. And I don't know if you know this, but Portrait of a Woman on Fire is like one of, if not the most highly acclaimed movie of the 2010s. I saw that. It came out in 2019 and it's like rave reviews across the board. Yeah. Hmm. They said it's like, you know, it's on the list now, like... Thousand one movies you should see. You should see. They call it a modern die. masterpiece. Yeah, but then wow. there was another one where it said, uh, "Yeah, top thirty films of all time" or something like that. And it's like the only two twenty tens movie to make that list or something like that. It was, it was the top hundred films of of all time. Okay, and this movie was ranked number thirty. Oh, that's where. I but it was the highest ranked movie of the twenty tens in that list. Wow, that's, that's crazy. That's really crazy. I, I don't know anything about so I should say, I'll say up front, this is a movie I actually had seen before. Um and uh, but I don't know anything about the reception of it or anything because I didn't go into it like, oh I'm hearing about this movie. I better go watch that. I was blo- I was somewhere where this movie was just put on. Oh. And I did not I knew Were nothing. you like a house party or something? That's some uh, party. Yeah, it was a, yeah. So I kind of had they kept playing Venga Boys and I was trying to like listen to the scene, but did you see it in theaters? No, I didn't no, I did not see it in theaters. Someone just told me, yo, check this movie out. And we and we just watched the movie. I almost picked this for movie That's kind of rude, I think. <laughs> yeah. You can't put this movie yeah, right? on like, hey, well, we're having a good time. I, I, Boop. And it's like a quiet French film. Yeah. Okay. Are we are we done hanging out? Should I take a nap? <laughs> the shit I had made them watch, they Oh, they're getting they, you back. They, oh, they were, so they were like the same situation it, as this episode. Yeah, they it was basically like, all right. You're going to watch a, a movie I think is cool. Okay. 
Oh, yeah, and then it was very quiet for a long time. But, it, you know, then finish the movie, and I'll tell you what I thought as we go. Yeah, I almost <laughs> picked this several times uh, myself for Movie Club. Why were you going to pick it? I thought the cover looked fucking cool. And I knew it was like, I knew, I thought it was nominated for an Academy Award. I don't know if it was. Maybe yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I was looking know. through all the uh, nominees and like, I don't think it made it, but I thought that's where I saw it from. But I just thought the, the cover looked fucking cool. It's <laughs> like, what is this? And that was it. So, you know, I didn't know anything else about it. You know, I like, um, I like artsy fartsy films. I like, I, I expected this movie to be a lot more rambunctious, a lot more avant-garde i think you know i'll say it i expected this movie to be way cooler mm. you know with its style with you know because yeah. i had heard so much and the trailer makes it look kind of strange and kind of bizarre huh mm. wow i um, never saw the trailer for it that's interesting i had seen the trailer back in 2019 and always been interested in seeing this movie because it looked so interesting um i was surprised when the movie started that it was just a straightforward period piece mm-hmm. um kind of it very quiet film and kind very of, quiet kind of slow and kind of subtle mm-hmm. but i think that this is a uh, perfect example of a movie that is a slow burn i think mm-hmm. it's yes. the ultimate example of a slow I, burn. i agree completely agree with you uh yeah what, what are your thoughts uh about the film now that now that we've all seen it well you know i um First off, when that started and I saw the artist, I'm like, why is she so fucking familiar? I could not figure out what it was mm, about mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, after I looked up, like, oh, she's in Tar. Yeah. yeah. We and just I, watched yep. the movie. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, I've never seen this girl before in my life. And I've seen her twice in like, a couple weeks. That was apart. me during Tar. I was like, whoa, oh, the artist, though. She's there. Oh, interesting. A good for, I mean, what a career. Uh, so yeah. far. I don't know if she's made any other movies, Hit but the bangers. two uh, critically it up acclaimed films. I was films. curious. And yeah, it was like nothing. I think she's doing Ant-Man 4 coming up, so that'll be cool. Is she really? No. I, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's believable, because that's what Marvel does. They right? take somebody, hey, uh, Idris Elba is universally loved for uh, serious films. Let's put him in a spandex <laughs> suit and shoot lasers at him. Not not to divert too much, but I've been cracking up at, uh, they had already signed up uh, the Daniels, the, the directors that won Best Director this year for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Right. Uh, had already been signed up for a bunch of episodes of Marvel's next. Uh, no, the next Star Wars streaming show. Uh, oh, I think thank it's called God. Skeleton Crew. Th- that's going to make that, it good. That's their next thing is they oh, have, they're they doing multiple cool. episodes of that. I'm like, yeah, b- yep. Oscar winner, best director. Jeez. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's send them to uh, the most played out film franchise in history. <laughs> Do you see if they can breathe some life into it. Not to divert from this into Star Wars, but uh, I finally was like, all right, I'll watch season three Mandalorian. Got through 20 minutes. I fell asleep so hard. <laughs> so boring to me. Couldn't I, hang. I, look, see this? I got it right here. You can't even see it on camera. I got a Star Wars tattoo right here. Got it when I was 18 years old. Yeah. Grew up loving Star Wars. You couldn't pay me to watch <laughs> the new Star Wars content. I'm so mentally checked out. It just yeah. feels like, yeah, you're cranking out. 30 hours of content a year of this shit. Huh. Yeah. Too much stuff. Yeah. The, the, the swords light up. Wow. Cool. Too awesome. much bad stuff. It's too, like AMP. Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, but I've, back I've to watching okay. all of it. Enjoyed all of it. There you yeah. Go. But where's your tattoo? That's a great question. Never. Where's your Star Wars tattoo? Never. No, but I have enough fucking wow. lightsabers that I, I found my own way to be uh, pathetic. 
Oh my! He's calling you pathetic. Not that, no, not that your tattoo's uh, pathetic. Oh my god! But I'm just saying, oh, I, my I, tattoo is I find pathetic. my own. I find my own. My tattoo looks like it was drawn on me with a. But that's <laughs> why I like it. It's, if it it's was arguably a, the wor- best worst tattoo of all time. Okay, I will say if your tattoo was the like a, a legitimately beautiful Rebel Alliance tattoo, I wouldn't like it. Nearly It'd be as very much. dorky. I wouldn't like it. But as the much. fact that it's I yeah I prefer that it's a Rebel Alliance tattoo that looks like a three year old drew yes. on me with a pen. Yes. Uh, because the tattoo artist uh, was unlicensed and inexperienced, and we did it in the bedroom of my first apartment. My, so. What he said to you when it was done is probably, I think about it more than you would ever <laughs> Yeah, believe. what was that? I think it... He go, he, uh, well, the, the <laughs> yeah. outline kept wiping off. We kept having to reapply it. So when the tattoo was finally done, he went, I think that's as good as we're going to get. <laughs> I was like, that's, I, that's my first tattoo I ever. I think about that all the time. That's as good as we're going to get. But that's he meant so that funny. as... This is the greatest tattoo of all time. Like literally, this is as good oh. as it's going to get. Oh, I like, thought it was like top oh, this, this is as good as it's gonna get. No, it oh. was uh, you can't top this one. That's how I've gone on to reinterpret it. Anyways, enough um, about Star Wars. Well, let me let me just actually I'm let me just bridge the gap back to this movie though. Good, I will nice. say this. I'll, I'll I'll just speak for myself. There's things I watch with different brains, you know, and uh, in the same way. You you guys might watch um, you know stu- uh, a stupid reality show or uh, you know whatever that you know the kind of stuff they have on Netflix. I think that part of my brain is the one that watches the Star Wars streaming show. You know what I mean? I don't really watch reality TV, but I have like junk food brain, and it's like the seventh grade part of myself is like like eats it and it tastes good, but then I just kind of move on. You know, what I, mean? I don't really think about it too much after. And then you have a movie like this that feeds that other part of my brain that is starved where it's like, Oh, they're, they're doing something kind of interesting here, you know? And, um, if that yeah. makes, if that makes sense, if that yeah. gives any context. That yeah. For me, uh, the, my backlash is that they present star Wars movies as if they're like high art. And yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. They yeah, spend yeah. exorbitant amounts of money and cast like mm-hmm. the, the greatest actors in the world. And then yeah. they advertise it like it's a masterpiece. And yeah. then you're like, yeah, I don't know. It's fucking boring and stupid. Like you said, it's kind of like trash TV. It's like the equivalent of reality it's, TV quality wise. Yeah, it's it's ju- it's junk food to me and I'm not getting any new ideas out of it. Um, but I love uh, like fucking creatures and robots. You know what I mean? Like that 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 part of me is like, ah, yeah. Every once um, in a while, there's a good good one. Uh, Marvel movie or, you know, high budget. Yeah, I mean, it's. These are like kids' movies. I, I consider yes. them children's movies. I consider them, and, and I, those streaming shows I consider children's TV as well. Yeah. So I don't, you know what I mean? I, I don't get that worked up over it. I'm like, oh, it's cute. Uh, but a while, a good one. I will say, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no worries. No, I will say that though, we watched a lot of movies and I've had dreams about the movies that we've watched two times. For this movie, I dreamt like all last night. I just finished last night, but I've dreamt about this movie the entire night. Yeah. And then the same with the platform. Ooh. Those two, like those oh, kind of movies. The last two Derek picks. I know. I think I'm getting in your brain. You are. But those are the last two that like. What was your dream about the platform? I he think, was at the top. I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just pissing down below. No, I, it was it was like, you know, I don't even know. It's just like, I don't even remember. I just remember it was about the platform. And this movie, I don't remember either. I was just, at, I was just there. I was just at seeing this again. Yeah. Cool. Um. Well, yeah. Oh, so, uh, well, I'll tell you, anyway, let me just say about this movie real quick, going back to Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, didn't know anything about it, so this this started to tickle me in that way that I'm kind of like, yeah, oh, th- you know, this is like kind of quiet and it's luring me in a little bit, 
And I did realize while watching this, I am a fan of the slow burn, quiet ass movie. There's something about it. If you can maintain that, you know what I mean? That balance. You could easily tip into like, all right, I'm fucking losing interest. I'm like, you know, you know what I mean? It's easy to fuck that up. If you can maintain that kind of, I don't know if tension is the right word, but keep it interesting while keeping it, you know, like it, it you don't have to be saying shit every two seconds, you know? Um, I, you know, I watched this and I watched, uh, I think it was drive my car kind of back to back and it was just like, Oh, the, the, give me more of this shit. So anyway, I discovered a genre that I do, um, enjoy. I have my things, you know, I'm not saying I necessarily love the movie. I'm not going to give you my final shakers here, but, uh, but I did enjoy that. I also want to say on the technical side, I was fascinated when this movie started because, you know, I always talk about the the production side of shit that I enjoy or whatever. Um, a lot of period pieces like this, I find they usually try to use film, you know, or give it that kind of older, more classic look, grainy yeah. look. And I was curious watching this. I think I watched it on Hulu. It was so crisp. It was like. The most crisp, I think it was in 4K or whatever, and it was the crispest movie I'd ever seen. I'm like, they shot this digitally. That's interesting. But they didn't even attempt to put a thing over it where it looked old timey or anything, you know. And uh turns out they shot the, they shot this movie in 8K. Whoa. They wanted it to be the crispest image possible, uh, which I just thought was interesting. You don't normally see that in a period piece, but they uh they wanted to achieve a different look. Huh. And I thought that I just thought that was interesting. Anyway. It did have a different look. It honestly, we just watched Banshees of Inner Sharon, and it reminded mm-hmm. me kind of uh, that a little mm-hmm. bit. Maybe because always by the ocean, and it's a very quiet movie, and yeah, you know. But I got the same vibe uh, with this movie. I don't know. Water vibe. What's that vibe? I don't know. It was just like you know, it it, it basically centers around two or three people, and this kind like, of stuck lo- away from this, society. One off little story about mm. this, and there's not much more going on than like this little. You know, and it, it, it is, yeah, it is, was very similar to me, like the girl little, version of that. <laughs> little secluded story. Yeah. They're away yeah. from society. Yeah. Um, And in that, I guess in that movie, it's like they don't have any of society's bigger worries to uh, come down on them in here. Or they don't have to worry about fucking men. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Or do they? Or do or they? Or do they? Maybe they do. Maybe that's what the whole movie's about, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when the movie started, I mean, I pretty much went in cold. I had heard that this was yeah. a, uh, I had heard that this was a queer love story, but the premise is about a woman who is hired to, as a painter to paint another woman who refuses to be painted. Uh, and so this woman will not sit down and pose for a painting. This takes place in the 1700s, and so she needs to kind of pretend to befriend her um, so that she can observe her for her painting. And that's pretty much all I knew going in. Um, When the movie started, I was pretty much immediately struck by the lack of music in the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Which at first, I mean, it's pretty obvious that it's a very distinct choice not to use music in this movie because... They set it up for a musical punch. It's like yeah. they're, yeah. It, you know, it starts in like a painting class. Oh, everybody's painting. They're learning about art and this and that. And then they're like, what's that painting back there? And they uncover it. And it's a, a woman who is like on fire. And it's like, oh, I painted that. 
And it's like, what do you call it? And we're like 30 seconds of the movie and it pushes up on the main character, uh, Miriam. And it's, I call it portrait of a lady on fire. And I was ready for the yeah, yeah, yeah. title, yes. you know, but they didn't do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> excuse me. You got boogies. Oh my goodness. Pardon me. I'll be all right. Um, and then she basically goes on to tell the story of how this painting, uh, came to be, mm-hmm. which I find interesting because you actually never see her painting it. I thought that too. I was ready for her to like that be the painting and it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it cuts to, I, we go back into a little bit in the past and we get the story of Miriam and how she, uh, gets this job painting this other woman and it cuts to her on a uh, boat mm-hmm. and she's being rowed towards, I'm assuming, I mean, I would say, I, I don't know if it's an island or not, but she, she's being rowed towards a beach. It yeah. looks like she's coming in from like the ocean, yeah, like yeah. heavy water. Um, and I don't know, there's maybe like eight men rowing this boat. These are the only men in the movie with yeah. pr- pretty much yeah, there's like w- with a couple exceptions. A couple exceptions very quickly. There's a couple men at the end of the movie. There's like one guy in the middle of it, but uh pretty much you know she's on this boat with these guys and she has these painting tools and they fall into the ocean and she like looks at it sailing away and all the guys are just kind of like watching the tools go away. And she has to like jump into the ocean and go after the the painting stuff by herself and rescue it. And then she's dropped off on the beach and you never see these guys again. And I feel like there's this implied message of in this world, men are totally checked out. They're, yeah. they're totally useless yes. to the circumstances uh, that these characters are going to find themselves in. They offer no help, no guidance and no assistance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I thought was interesting. I think yeah. as the movie goes on, uh, hey, the message of this movie is being a woman sucks sometimes. Huh. In the world, you're, you're in a left world, with a mess. In a world dominated by men, especially 17th, 18th century France, the 1740s or whatever it is, um, you know, women do not have very much control over their lives and what happens to them. Yeah, uh, which is a theme all throughout history. Uh, but I feel like that is kind of one half of what this movie explores. And then the other half being love and the power of love, uh, to have a lasting effect on you, even if you are in love for just a short amount of time. Yeah. What'd you guys think about the opening of the movie? Um, you know, I was really, I was really unsure. I didn't even, to be real with you, didn't know this movie was even French. I knew like nothing. (laughs) Um, and I, uh, I don't know. I immediately was struck by how beautiful every shot looked. Again, yeah. like Banshees of Inisherin, I compared it before, but it's like everything, every still is like a picture, you know, which is, you know, this is the whole thing is about art. This is a very artistic movie. So obviously the cinematography is going to be beautiful. But yeah, I, um, I don't know. I, I really, I, at first I wasn't sure what I thought of this movie, to be real with you. I was like, I don't know what is happening. I don't know what this is. Like, I, I wasn't all the way on board, I would say, within the first like 20 minutes as you were describing for me. I don't know about you, Rocco. Uh, no, I mean, I was uh, like like you mentioned a minute ago, it was, I was particularly struck by the lack of music. And uh, I was like, oh, this is that kind of movie. This movie's just going to let me sit with this. And uh, so I was fascinated. And um, yeah, it was hooking me in. 
So I was, I, I was in. I was in. Nice. <laughs> uh, Miriam goes to this house uh, where she is. Bas- basically, there's three other women who live in this house. Um, a woman named Heloise, who we're, she's a main character, but we haven't met her yet. Instead, we first meet her mother. Um, and beforehand, we meet this kind of like maid servant girl whose name I don't know. Sophie. Is Sophie. Okay. They, they don't really say names in this movie. I didn't even know the main character's name was Miriam. Until yeah. I, I had to like look up a review of the movie. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. They don't really <laughs> name the characters, uh, but that's okay. Sophie kind of explains to uh, Miriam, the painter. She's like, oh, you're a painter? Yeah. She's like, okay. Um, do you think you could do it? And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, paint a picture of Heloise. And it's like, uh, yeah. And it's like, because the last painter who was here failed to do it uh and they kind of set up this mystery of why did the painter fail to do it and they give this story of how heloise is engaged to marry a man who lives far away lives in milan but originally she had a sister who was engaged to this man but the sister died um and nobody really wants to talk about how or why the sister died so Mm. again they're like building this mystery um, and then Miriam is uh, talking with the mother who tells her, basically lays out the hook of this movie. Heloise refuses to sit for a painting, so I want you to pretend to be a companion and I want you to observe her so that you can paint a picture of her. I found it really interesting, mm-hmm. this system of marriage from 17th, uh, from 1700s in France where this is kind of like an aristocratic rich family, so they are trying to get her married to another aristocratic rich family but the guy lives in uh italy i think that's where milan is yeah Yeah. italy and obviously they have never met each other he doesn't know what his potential Mm. bride Mm. is going Mm. to look Mm. like so you need to paint a painting right of this woman and Mm. mail it to the guy so that he could be like okay yeah I'll, i'll marry her yeah which is so wild and i have never considered that i've never considered that we're so fucking spoiled today with like how to easily get a picture to someone across the world. It can take two seconds. Yeah. Well, that's what I remember you a while ago. You were talking about you've probably seen more boobs than any of your ancestors. I mean, ever, you know, relatives, ancestors before you. Yeah. You know, that's that's scientifically that's true. But that has, has that, that has nothing to do with pictures. I'm just a I'm just a popular guy. Oh, so. <laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, let's, let's keep it to the movie. OK, sure. Not my personal life. Right. Uh, Sorry. But uh, yeah, like. You know, for me, watching the beginning of this movie, I was just kind of getting absorbed into the world of, um, you know, they don't have music. Yeah. They don't have photographs. They don't have any of the technical creature comforts that we have in the modern day. That, to me, was what the most striking Mm -hmm. thing was about the beginning of this movie is how much life actually sucked back in the 1740s. There was nothing to do. Mm-hmm. You have like fucking wooden chairs and candles. Yeah, that's honestly. fucking it. That's, and they're the rich house. Yes, it's the wealthiest <laughs> people in society. They didn't even have TikTok. Yeah, they got nothing. And they don't have friends either. They're isolated. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really like nothing to do. It it kind of just paints this bleak picture of what life was like. And then, um, you know, it's clear. It was clear to me, obviously, that. Heloise does not want to get married and does not want the painting to be created. And in her mind, if the painting is not created, that will stop the marriage from happening. Right. 
Um, they start to, you know, Miriam starts to investigate what happened to the sister and it's pretty much implied that she took herself out, that she went to the cliffs and jumped off of them. Um, because she didn't want to get married. So very like sad, tragic story. And I actually liked how they don't come out and outright say that, but they leave you as the viewer to uh, just pick up on the implications and, and put the pieces together. Yeah. A lot of this movie is you, the viewer, have to pick up on the implications. Yeah. As the characters also have to pick up on implications. So mm-hmm. it's very much like you're yeah. living in the experience with them, which I love in a movie. And- Oh, I was just going to say, and, that, and that's all enhanced to me by the lack of music and things like yeah. that. There, um, as I get older, I feel like I more and more appreciate movies that just let you exist in that place and, I, and put you in their shoes. I and, honestly feel that the choice of that was so smart because music gives the audience a cue of what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you can feel like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna hook up because the music's like building to something. You yeah. can feel it, you know. Yeah. But when it's nothing and it's just the waves crashing, you don't know what's going to happen next. And yeah. I, I really did like that choice. And to to bring it back to Star Wars, something like that, that's melodrama. Yeah, you want the sweeping romantic musical cue, but this is like um, something achieving something totally like different. When that's she's great. running toward the cliff and there's no music, I don't know what she's going to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know if she's going to jump off. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, they use music strategically in this movie. I think they use yeah. it three times. Yeah. Um, so very sparingly and very like that. It's uh, I, I think it might be one of the most effective uses of music uh, in recent memory in, mm-hmm. a, in a film where, yeah. yeah, a lot of people and we're filmmakers, too. And oftentimes we will, you know, watch a scene and be like, yeah, this is good, but it could use some music mm-hmm. right? because music kind of just speeds things along. Yeah. It kind of, uh, you know, for your ADHD brain, it kind of like distracts you from how boring things may actually be to purposely go into a movie knowing like we're not going to use music here. You're it's pretty ballsy. You're saying yeah. this movie is going to sustain people's attention um, just with the actors in a quiet scene for yeah. like over an hour at a time. We're not going to use any tricks to yeah. spice this up and you know make it That's, more than what it is. Yeah, we're just going to present it as a at, you know in a very realistic lens. Yeah, yeah, um, That's cool. I I remember I was just going to say I remember uh, another Star Wars thing. No, no, <laughs> no. But it, just as much of a tangent. But I remember Christopher Nolan talking about when he edits his movies. He's like, I always try to edit it without the music in. Because I just feel like you it's got to rule before you can't like lean on that. You got to like mm. let it kick ass before you add that. And then you could decide that, you know, whatever. And I always thought that was interesting because I know a lot of people who uh, do the opposite. It's like they lean on the music to, oh, get, get, let that carry it. You know, let yeah. that. Uh, well, just interesting. I just heard an interview with Quentin Tarantino who said that he sometimes won't even have the idea for a movie until he hears a song was oh and he can picture everything and it's yeah. how it's gonna go yeah it's just it's interesting he- method you know? hearing how people treat music in the process of you know yeah you know in my opinion movies and i love movies and they are uh, a marriage of multiple different art forms yeah you have the art of theater and just acting and performing Mixed with the art of photography, because when you're watching actors on a stage, that's cool. But when you have a camera and you can control the camera placement and control the perspective of the viewer, now you're looking through the lens of a photographer. And then, as Babylon explained, later on, 
sound was introduced. Mm -hmm. So sound wasn't even originally a part of the art of filmmaking. It's like, uh, I was going to say the latest edition, but it's not because now we have computer generated graphics. The special effects have always been a part of it, but computers are the latest edition. But uh, yeah, I like that this movie was kind of a return to basics because so many people just take modern day movies for granted as this is what a movie is. It's, it's all of these things thrown together. Yeah. And this movie kind of deconstructs that and, and says like, well, no, you can sustain a movie by selectively removing some of these elements. Maybe that'll make it more interesting. Yeah. Um, but I digress. Anyways, uh, so Miriam has to go on walks with Heloise. And what's really interesting is she finds the previous painter's work and the face is like not painted in it so he painted the full body we later come to see that often it's a technique to use a Mm stand-in so maybe the painter used uh, somebody else as the body and probably sophie yeah and was waiting for heloise to pose so he could do the face but they really make it a mystery of what this woman looks like you don't see her face you hear about like nobody's allowed to look at her nobody can paint her and then we find the painting and the face is missing and it's it's kind of played a little bit creepy as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say, I literally, again, just to reiterate, I literally went into this movie with no information. So I didn't know, like, are, they, are we going to do some sci fi shit or is this going to be like a fucking. Yeah, because you didn't see You know what yet. I mean? Like, they're going to be an eight, like Twilight Zone. Oh, Eye of the Beholder kind of thing. You know, I didn't know. And I was disappointed. Yeah, they've played <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, very disappointing. Uh, you know, now we know that, like, the sister has mysteriously died and we can't see this character's face. And when she finally um, goes for a walk with Heloise for the first time, she approaches her from behind and Heloise starts walking without acknowledging with her. With cloak on. You can't yeah, see so yeah. we're just doing this tracking shot while we're looking at the back of her head. And it, it just has this very, like, alluring, haunting effect. Yeah. As you mentioned in this scene, we already know that her sister threw herself off the cliffs and then Heloise starts running towards the cliffs. And yeah, you're thinking like, is she going to toss herself over? Is she going to do the same thing? Like, What is happening? Is she so over life that she's going to end it all? Uh, But she stopped short of of doing that. And when Miriam catches up with her, Heloise says, I've always dreamed of doing that. And she goes... What did she say? Dying? Yeah. She asked yeah. her, like, you dreamed of dying? And she goes, no, running. Which, to me, like, kind of sealed it. Like, now I fully understand the world that Heloise is in. Like, it's so control. She has so little control over her own yeah. life. I mean, I took that as, like, a true statement. Like, you've yeah. never run before? Yeah. Like, nobody's allowed you to run? Yeah. She was in a covenant before this, which I'm sure her parents put her in. And so, yeah, and they only pulled her out to marry this guy. So I don't think she has ever had a choice to do that. No, acting out of any kind was just not, yeah. Yeah, and the reference of the covenant could also be how uh, not only do guys dominate women in this society, but religion also kind of dominates everybody. So it's all about, like, you know, deciding for yourself and having control over your own actions is this huge, huge desire for the characters in this movie. Mm. They just want to be able to choose their own, their own way in life. And this movie is a tragic film because you kind of see like, well, can they even do, will they achieve that goal? Will they be able to choose for themselves? What happens? Right. And the answer is kind of yes, kind of no. But, um, 
So they start going on walks and uh, Miriam, we know that she has this goal, this secret goal of painting Heloise. So she keeps like glancing at her. And this movie is just filled with uh, longing glances. So many. So many. And I honestly like it's funny because once I realized where this movie was going and they were going to, you know, get together, I was like, well, Heloise, I think, would, of course, think that. Miriam was into her because she's always just staring at her face. Like, it's like, is she checking me out? Like, what? Like, you know, she just keeps staring at her for so such long times. It's like, why is she looking at me like this? Mm-hmm. I think you would have to naturally come to that conclusion if you were her, not knowing that you're going to be painted by her. Uh, yeah, and um, I uh, I saw I was reading a review of this movie, and something interesting they said is like, uh, as the observer of somebody, it it's not a one way relationship you know when you look at somebody and you observe them they look back at you and they observe you and it's this um i think that that is a a fair statement in life so many times people think that they can just watch and observe something not realizing that they themselves are being observed too how many times do we go in life thinking like yeah, I was there, but nobody nobody noticed me. Right. Nobody right. nobody cared that I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of absorb everything through your own experience, but you fail to realize, like, yeah, no, people are paying attention to you, mm-hmm. even if you think they're not. I mean, you're there, you're present, and that presence uh, calls attention to itself, e- even if you're not trying. Mm-hmm. So, I like that as a theme of this movie. Is kind of a really interesting um, notion to make a movie about. Um, so Miriam starts her painting and I don't know what you think of the painting. The, the first version, the I first one, I, I thought the first version, I liked how the first version of the painting was like kind of accurate, but also in my opinion was, was not super accurate. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was also going to say real quick, I'm really impressed by just the paintings in general cause they were all hand painted. Yeah. And uh, I read somewhere that there was an artist on set who was working like 16 hours a day just painting nonstop. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, it was a great... Because it definitely was her, but it also was not. And so it, it was a very... I think the artist did a great job. Whoever the artist was, I think I have the notes somewhere, but it, I thought it was like the perfect first one. Yeah, Thomas I mean, Kincaid. No, it was not. No. I'm no great artist. I'm not a great painter. Um, so when I saw the painting, I was like, ah, pretty good. But at the same yeah, time, <laughs> same time, it was like, well, you know, you've watched Heloise along with Miriam throughout this movie. And she always gives very fierce looks. Uh, you know, she's a very like stoic, brooding personality type. And the painting is just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's just like meh, sitting there. Uh, so I was struck by like, eh, the painting is a little bit underwhelming. If this movie is called portrait of a woman on fire, mm-hmm. this ain't the portrait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I like that the movie it takes place over a short amount of time. All told, it's probably 11 days, but for the first half of the movie, uh, uh, Miriam is only there for six days. So not even a full week. She has six days to make this painting. And while she's there, she talks with um, everybody and she talks with Sophie, the the maid, and yeah. finds out that Sophie has missed her period for three months in a row. So she 
she's probably pregnant. Um, but we never see like who she's pregnant by or yeah, no, nothing they, about they, that. They don't. That's never even asked. It's not even addressed. <laughs> you know, they don't even say you're pregnant. It's just oh, you missed your period. You, you've missed your what do they call it? Like I don't know, something like my monthly. monthlies. Yeah, my monthlies. Yeah, which I know what that is because. Yeah, I figured I googled it. And yeah, we googled it. it. What the were the answer. monthlies in Portugal? Oh, 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 yikes! Um, and again, this uh, it, it still reinforces this idea of this guy, whoever got Sophie pregnant, is not even present in her yeah. life, and yet her whole life is about to be changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by these events and looming presence, even when they're not there. Yeah, so they start this um like subplot of trying to have an abortion for this baby or, and it's, it's very like, you know, I think they're like trying to force her to have a miscarriage by making her like run like laps and like physically exert herself to the point where it would, um, cause her to lose her child. Yeah. Same with like drinking like weird weeds or some broth that they make mm. out of plants. Yeah, they're giving her like herbal medicines and the uh, like hanging from the raft, doing some like physical one hundred shit. Yeah, like, having to, like they hang did. from the rafters of the, of the house and stuff. They did all this shit in a Degrassi episode too, and it didn't work there either. They did. Yeah, oh. maybe the director Acc- is a big Degrassi fan. Accidents will happen, part one. I think it was season three. Hmm. So check that out, companion piece to this. Okay. After you watch a Mandalorian, watch Degrassi, and then you yeah, the trifecta full, fully appreciate this movie. That that will make you want to keep the baby because the bit little creature is so cute. But Degrassi, nah. Here's how to get rid of it. Anyway. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking about Degrassi. Um, it's get, it's hard. I, 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 I can't get Degrassi <laughs> plot points out of my brain now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then the mom or the countess leaves. And then I feel like the movie completely changes when she's gone. Once that presence is gone, yeah. but you never see her husband. Well, I was going to say. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. She finishes the painting. Oh, right, right, right. right she right. finishes the painting and uh, she's only been there for six days and her mom is very pleased. She's like, can I see the painting? She goes, well, I'd like to show it to Heloise first and tell her what I've been doing. I want to be honest about this, um, which I think is respectable. And she sure. does. She tells Heloise what's going on and she shows her the painting and Heloise kind of eviscerates her and tells her the painting sucks. Um, but she doesn't say it's not like she's angry. No, because the painting got made. It's more like she's angry because Miriam, who has spent all this time with her, observing her, failed to capture her true essence. Which is what she said. She's like, "This mm. is how you see me." Like she's like asking that question. She, mm. Yeah, she doesn't say like this painting sucks, but she does you know just by being like that's not who i am <laughs> yeah and i i liked uh, miriam's response because it was like well it's not just me there's like artistic conventions there's uh you know there's a whole school of thought with composition and color and uh you texting over there you no. on twitter over there? you tweeting mm. about this movie no come on bro are you are you googling opinions on this film <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she tells her there's like a school of thought about this, but Miriam kind of says like, fuck the school of thought. Like you, you didn't like, what does that matter? If this painting doesn't capture my true essence, you're just making me look, you're trying to put me into a box essentially, Mm -hmm. which again is the one thing that she doesn't want in this movie. She doesn't want to be just like compartmentalized as like, yep, just another bride. Yeah. Um, 
which I thought was really powerful. And she kind of leaves. And then Miriam gets offended or I think she I don't realizes know if she's she, offended, but she's like called out. I think she knows that she, that um, Eloise is right. Like yeah. she knows like uh, I didn't do this right. So she like ruins the painting. She scrubs the face off of it. Uh, and Heloise's mom comes in to see the painting finally and is like, what's this? And she's like, well, the painting wasn't good enough. And her mom tries to fire her. She's like, well, then you're incompetent and you should leave. Um, and she offers like, well, no, I'll do a better painting. I'll get it right. And she's like, no, no, no. But then Heloise, in a huge twist, says, let her stay and I will pose for her, which is like this breakthrough moment. Uh, <laughs> kind of the turning point in the film. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this part of the movie? Um, this whole time I'm thinking like I had seen up to this point, um, uh, multiple, um, how do I say this? Uh, I had been shown multiple movies, um, by the same person and in all of them, the, the, um, punchline was they end up being gay. And so I'm like, okay, I think we're heading in this, uh, I think, you know what I mean? This is that kind of, uh. Yeah. Was your friend trying to tell you something? Yes. I think the punchline. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I knew it was going. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I think I can totally see where see where this is going. And mm. it was it was only better for it, but uh yeah, I was I was putting two and two together during Yeah. I, well I mean I went into this movie know, <laughs> knowing that it was a love story. Yeah, uh, I, I did yeah, I really I didn't I didn't know that, but I was yeah. Uh, yeah, then the fact that there's no guys in this movie, it's like, well, I wonder who's going to fall in love. You tell me. But I think it's more, it's, it's, it's more than just a love story. It's, it's like, uh, I I don't think that it really matters that it's two women who fall in love or Mm. I, I really feel like this is a universal story about, wanting to be with somebody mm-hmm. and you can't be with them. And I think that yeah. is something that everybody can relate to. Whether you had a relationship that ended and you weren't ready for it to end and you wished you could still be with them or, you know, a lot of people, hey, I used to do Heart Slayers, like a relationship, <laughs> a dating podcast here in this studio. And I can't tell you how many people called in with, I'm in love with my best friend's girlfriend oh, yeah. or boy like so yeah, that many was people, a lot wasn't it yeah. so many people there's just something about not being allowed to be in the relationship yeah. that makes you obsess about it and and really lets it get under your skin hmm. uh as a powerful notion there so i think a lot of people can relate to that uh but yeah so this was kind of like the turning point in the movie mm-hmm. this is like the halfway point it's like the most dramatic part uh, Heloise's mother has to leave for five days. So she says, okay, I'm going to be gone for five days. When I come back, the painting will be done. No questions asked. And she takes off. And now we start to see the relationship really start to blossom because everything's out on the table now. No more secrets, mm-hmm. right? You're a painter. I'm your subject. Let's do this. So they start to paint each other and they start to hang out more. And Heloise talks about a little bit about how she still likes to go to church because it's the only time she gets to get out of the house, really. And she gets to hear music because the people sing at church mm. uh, or the convents. And it it they they kind of acknowledge the lack of music in this film and the lack of music in this world. Um, and then 
Miriam like busts out an awesome piano. Yeah, where'd solo. that thing come from? <laughs> Miriam is a uh, such a talented person. And I also found it interesting how she says that as a painter, she's not allowed to paint. Uh, they asked her, do you ever do nude people? She says, yeah, but only women. Right. And she's like, why do you know, you can't paint nude men. She's like, no, I'm not allowed to. They won't let me paint nude men. And she's like, do you think it's um, because it's indecent? And she says, no, it's because they don't want me to create great art. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm never allowed to study the male anatomy, I'll never have the full techniques and knowledge to, to create great art. So basically right. they're afraid of me and they're trying to hold me back. Mm-hmm. And so she has to, uh, paint her nude male art artists in secrecy back at home in right. whatever, whatever place she's from, I don't know, Paris or whatever. They never say, I don't think they never say. Yeah. Um, but uh, but getting back to the music, she plays the piano, and it's the first use of music in this movie, and she plays uh, a rad song. I it's, really liked uh, it. Summer, um, in Vivaldi's Four Seasons. Oh yeah, classic, classic, classic Four Seasons. Classic, classic Vivaldi. Um, it's not. She says like, is it a is it a happy song? And she's like, it's an upbeat song, you know, but it's not necessarily a happy song. A lot happens in it. It's about a storm that's coming and a storm that rages. And she plays the song, and now she is the one who's being observed because Heloise kind of just is looking at her mm-hmm. and smiling at her, and you can kind of see how these two people just. I love that this is a love story that is not gushy mushy, mm-hmm. overtly expressive. It is literally just admiring the other person. It's just yeah. admiring yeah. them in their natural state. Yeah, I think there's something... Uh, I don't know how to word this uh, very well, so I apologize. I, I'm always affected by relationships in movies that are like that, where it's um, it's super easy to make it super romantic, sweeping, you know what I mean? Kind of... Like you're trying you're to force feed the audience yeah. the internal emotions of the characters. Yeah, and I, I'm always, I find myself more affected by like, it's like something organically out of like, yeah, I don't know how to word that. Like, yeah, re- respect or, uh, yeah, it's like um, something more, it just feels more real, I think, when well, it's like. That's what I was going to say is that, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Rather than, uh, you know, I've been waiting my whole life for you and da, 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 da. Without all this kind of like lore behind it, it's kind of like it just is what it is. I don't know how to word exactly how I'm what I'm trying to say here. There's something that (laughs) they do in movies of like the like overcome kiss, like someone's talking and the person can't resist anymore and they have to kiss them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this movie does not do that. It is like takes such time. You keep thinking like, okay, they're good. Now they're going to kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they don't. And then the next thing is like, okay, well now they're going to kiss. And then they don't. It's like, oh my God, like, can you do this? Like, you know, because you want it so bad for them that like, I felt like it was never, it was everything happened naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I personally never even expected them to kiss. I thought that this was going to be a movie of, longing and un, oh. you know un, i thought that they were going to just mm. never make fall it each fall in love with each other silently and yeah. like oh yeah but we never made anything happen oh okay uh because it did take so long mm-hmm. they, they do eventually kiss and uh but but it came like 
well into the second half of the movie, like yeah. three quarters yeah. of the way in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like, there's to me, there's almost like more power in it. Just uh, not this great sweeping buildup to it happening, but rather it's like it already exists. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like this, this was already here and it's just a question of like when they're going to kiss, but it's, mm. but it's not some, uh, should I, <laughs> you know, it's just, it was already there. This yeah. was this was already going to happen because you know I don't know the way that they do it I just think is uh, yeah I get more out of it that way um, you know getting back to how much life sucks for the women in this movie <laughs> uh, there's no music unless you learn how to play piano yourself yeah. uh, or go to church and another element what there's really no entertainment at all and Heloise when Miriam shows up from the city far away she asks did you bring any books and she's like yeah I brought a book she's like give it to me because <laughs> yeah. you can't even get a fucking book in yeah. this world yeah um and there's a scene where they are reading from the book and it's a greek mythology book and uh it's a story that we all know we're taught this story in school i often forget the names of the characters in the story i think it's orpheus and eurydice it is yes. it is orpheus and eurydice the story of the girl who dies and goes down to hades um Orpheus, her husband, goes to the underworld and begs for her to be given life again. And the god of the underworld, Hades, makes a deal with him and says, if you leave now and walk out of here, Eurydice will follow you back into the real world. But you have to make sure that you never look back. You have to trust this deal. And if you doubt it once, if you look back, all will be lost. And we know this story. Orpheus walks out of Hades, but before Eurydice is able to cross the threshold out of Hades as well, he turns around and looks back at her, and the deal is broken because she's not out of Hades yet, and she descends backwards back into Hades, never to be seen again. Super famous story from Greek mythology, mm -hmm. ancient history, and... It's always been a question for philosophers, because I've read about this story many times. The question is, why does Orpheus turn around? Why? Do, even as a kid, yeah. I remember well, learning. Yeah, it's one of those things like, why did you do it? Yeah, even as a kid, I'm like, you, you fucked up. You had what you wanted and you fucked it up. Why did you do that? I have heard uh, philosophers argue that this story is uh, an analogy of the human tendency for self-sabotage. When all the hard work is done, when you're three-fourths of the way there, you just, for whatever reason, you just fuck it up. You just mm. screw yourself. <laughs> you just can't take the thing to completion. Why? Why? Because you have self-doubt? Because you have self-sabotaging tendencies? That's that's the question. Why does Orpheus turn around before the job is done? And they explore that question in this movie, too. Mm -hmm. They're reading the story and they're like, why did he turn around? They offer a different interpretation of the story. Um, Miriam says maybe he maybe he chose to turn around on purpose. Maybe he wanted the, the thought of this relationship more than the actual relationship. Maybe he would prefer the memory of of Eurydice mm. than the actual relationship itself. 
Yeah. I, don't, I feel like this is maybe the most important scene of the movie. I think it is. It is. Uh, what are your takes on this part of the, of the film? Well, I think what you're saying is right. Like they're trying to dissect it. Maybe she wanted to this to happen. Maybe she didn't want to go back with him or, you know, but I do think the idea of like, because they later reference when, um, uh, uh, Miriam is drawing a little like locket of, um, Heloise to keep like, like her, her own little yeah. personal, personal picture Much later in the film. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to be a memory. And, but that's the same kind of thing as this, where it's like, you just want that memory of me is pretty soon is going to be that picture. You're going to figure what I actually look like. You're just going to, I'm just going to become this picture that you're drawing. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing as what this story is, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, they're trying to uh, play up the, the, the theme we've already said, that sometimes the idea of a relationship that you can't have is more powerful than the actual relationship itself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, anybody out there who's been in a relationship can maybe uh, relate to that, too. Like, being in a real relationship is fucking hard work like there's ups and downs it's not just like sunshine and lollipops right but when you're fantasizing about a relationship it is just sunshine and lollipops the yeah. fantasy is so much better than the reality often also you know they call it the honeymoon phase of relationship because the first i mean this is five days is the best like the everything's new and exciting and like are they gonna hold my hand or are they not you know it's a whole thing yeah falling in love is is really the fun part of the relationship yeah and so that's what we see here you know we see the the best part of it yeah what about you i well i was gonna say i almost wonder if she's too um like we talked about the theme going through this of like men's kind of like fucking evil presence looming in the background of everything and i almost wonder if like she's too um saturated by that to let this be like a, a something that exists beyond a memory you, you know what i mean like maybe it's just solidified this way that it's just like well you know she's too corrupted to let it even go beyond that i don't know i don't know i I Who's feel corrupted? like uh, uh, the painter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Eloise. Yeah, Eloise. Sorry, um, I get their fucking names mixed up. I don't know anybody's names, but yeah, Marion's a teacher. Eloise. Uh, that yeah, that maybe it's like, yeah, it can't go past that, or I don't know. Yeah, that's just uh, I don't know. That maybe that's still kind of saturating everything. Um. Yeah, it's interesting because when Heloise says to her mom, like, I will sit for the painting, she knows when this painting is completed, I'm going to be forced to have this mm -hmm. marriage that I don't want to have. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the movie, too, uh, they talk about her sister dying, and she's like, do you think your sister wanted to die? And she's like, well, she apologized to me uh, in, a, in a letter before she did herself in. Yeah. And she's like, what do you think she apologized for? And she says, well, she probably knew that I was going to have to take her place in this wedding. Yeah. Eloise really doesn't want to do that. But by sitting for the painting, it's interesting because it's like she's sealing her own fate. Right. And and, yeah. and why would she do that? It, I mean, now that I'm realizing it, it's like she really must have already been in love with Miriam because she's like, I don't want you to get fired. I don't want right. you to be disgraced. So I will move forward with this huge life decision right. just to spare you the embarrassment yeah. of failing in this instance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. It's like kind of like already every, this is all baked into everything. 
It really um, is. And I was going to say, too, I've been excited to to talk about this specifically. We haven't brought it up yet, so maybe now's the time. Go for it. I really want to know what you guys think about. She keeps seeing that ghastly image. Over in the wedding in, dress? Yeah, in the hallway. She keeps seeing that fucking Pepper's ghost effect. So... <laughs> I, at first, I was fucking scared. Yeah, it scared yeah. the shit out of me. The I thought first that was time. well done, actually. It was well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't understand it. No. Um. Yeah. After this myth is read and the painting is progressing and the women are continuing to fall in love, Miriam starts seeing, like you said, a ghastly, ghostly image of Heloise at nighttime. Yeah. Whenever she sees a dark doorway, this ghostly image of Eloise shows up and then fades away. Um, it's an allegory for Eurydice. The Orpheus turned back and saw his love. And by seeing her, she descends backwards oh. into, into hell. Interesting. Uh, she's, she's personifying that in hell. She's realizing I can't be with hell. I'm going to lose her soon. She's, right. she's imagining herself as Orpheus, by the way, Orpheus, in Greek mythology, he's not a soldier. He's not a warrior. He plays a harp. Mm. He's a musician. He's right. an artist. Right, right, right. Oh. oh. Miriam is an artist. Yeah. yeah. Heloise is the love that is dead, that should not be alive. But there's this small window where it almost comes to life. But she knows, like this, like Eurydice, this is a doomed romance and she mm -hmm. this romance is doomed to die and i think she's just imagining that because mm -hmm. she's in a wedding dress right like, yeah that's a, she's well we found yeah. out later i didn't know what that was at first it's a white <laughs> gown it it's looks very gown. ghostly woman in white is a yeah. classic ghost motif yeah yeah, yeah. like your rona and yeah. there's women there's a there's a woman in white ghost mythology for pretty much every like major culture all over the world mm -hmm. so it's really like distinct symbolism of yeah, this this relationship is a ghost. It's half dead already. Yeah. You're you're experiencing it, but it's not alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that that kind of looming uh, doom around everything. I just feel like it's all tied in. I I it's it's funny. I can't. I haven't seen. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Phantom Thread. No, but no. I it, I haven't seen it since it came out. I feel like there's something like that in that too well and think like i know what your next pick is gonna be sees that same <laughs> image i feel but i could be remembering that wrong anyway yeah uh <laughs> the ghost thing it didn't occur to me until later on um even when you see heloise actually wearing the wedding dress yeah her mother um eventually does return let's let's fast forward a little bit yeah yeah the two of them kiss the two of them fall in love um they have like a torrid romantic affair um, sleeping with each other, having a full romance in just the remaining five days. It's kind of beautiful. They talk about like, I wish we didn't waste so much time to express these feelings for each other. Right. They also help Sophie with her pregnancy and they take her to the, to the convent. Um, I think that's what it is. I have no idea. I couldn't figure it out. It almost seemed like a witch's coven. It did. It did. <laughs> uh, there's a bonfire out in the middle of nowhere and there's a bunch of women there and they are, uh, working with Sophie to help her with her pregnancy. And this is the scene where Heloise is standing by a fire and her dress catches fire, yeah. um, which will be the basis for the painting that we saw at the beginning of the movie, Portrait of a Woman on Fire. It was really cool because 
She's standing behind the flames. She looks like she's on fire. It was a very like haunting image. Yeah. Her dress catches fire and she doesn't even react to it. Which is the coolest part. If she would have freaked out, but she doesn't. She just stands there and let it let it burn. She doesn't give a fuck. It was so badass, I thought. It looked yeah. so cool visually. It almost reminds me of like a Buddhist self-emulation when they, oh, you know, the yeah. Buddhists would yeah. light themselves on fire. And it was uh that is the ultimate form of protest for those Buddhists. Is I want I'm being denied control over my life. So I'm going to show you the ultimate control over my life. I'm going to sit here and light myself on fire and I'm not going to react to it. I'm going to control my emotions and control myself while I destroy myself. Mm -hmm. That's what I think she was trying to do in that moment. Or that's what the filmmaker was implying in that moment. But luckily she saved because some women rush over and put the fire out on her. But like, Super badass. Yeah, it's uh, very cool. For somebody to have that level of just, I mean, I don't like, you know, the idea of people ending it for themselves. That's not what I think is so cool No, in this part, but just the self-determination of I'm going to choose my own way no matter what. Mm-hmm. If you reduce my options... I will still make my own choice no matter what. And I thought, like, I don't think she the dress caught on fire on purpose. It just did. And she's like, well, I'm here and I don't want to stop this because I don't, you know, I I, I don't think, I don't think she, she did it on purpose. Yeah. 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 Which, again, is like, uh, you know, things are happening to her against her will, but she is remaining herself s- strong. Yeah. She's remaining true to herself no matter what. Right. Um, which to me is like why this movie, why I like this movie so much. It's like. These are powerful statements. These are powerful ideas in a in a very quiet, subtle, slow burn movie. Like they let you kind of figure this stuff all out for yourself. You know, some people might be confused watching this movie. Be like, why the fuck is she not trying to stop, drop and roll? You know, (laughs) but you have to like pause and think about like, well, there's more going on here than what's on the surface level. Like there's a lot of deep stuff that's below surface level that you kind of have to infer. Um, So. That would so they fall in love, and I think the last most important part of this movie, the note of this movie, is like you said, when when their time is almost up, Miriam is doing a personal portrait for Eloise uh, of her so she could keep it forever. And Eloise says, "You have a portrait of me, but I'm not going to have a portrait of you." And uh, she says, "Give me that book that we've been reading and l- tell me a page." She goes, "Page twenty-eight." She goes, "Okay," and she draws a, a self-portrait of herself on page twenty-eight. Um, and then their time comes to an end. Right? Am I missing anything? No, I mean they, they do. Parts? They go to that weird hut to have the abortion, which was the abortion hut. The abortion hut, and then like she later paints. They recreate that painting. She paints the abortion happening. I'm not quite sure why they did that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that they go to a midwife to do the abortion and then they want to recreate the abortion for the painting. I think this movie really is a message about like women women's control over their own lives. Yeah, I was gonna say, is that an act of rebellion or I don't think it's an act of rebellion. I think mm-hmm. it's an act of being true to yourself. Yeah. And yeah, she yeah. does not want to have this baby and right. They want, I mean, Miriam finds that to be a powerful yeah. um, moment. I mean, it's, it's, 
a stark contrast when Sophie is getting an abortion and there's a baby basically crawling all over. That was her wild. While it's happening, the yeah. duality of that it was mm-hmm. kind of heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a powerful image, and you know, I think that in modern day American society, there's so much controversy and discussion about abortion rights. And this movie really kind of hits home how much it affects women, mm-hmm. their life and us. We up here, men, we fail to grasp often the significance of that situation. Yeah. yeah. And the mercy that they're at. Or, yeah, yeah. Me personally, I think guys should stay out of it. I, I, you know, yeah, I don't, well, yeah. I don't care what your religious view is. Uh, you know, you, this whole movie speaks to what I believe is that people should choose for themselves. People should have the right to decide for themselves how their life is going to turn out. You know, better than anyone else, what will make you happy. Right. Mm. Somebody can't tell you what's going to make you happy yeah. mm. or what's going to make your, your life the best life it can be. That's up for you to fucking decide. And so I feel like that is why they're capturing that moment and putting so much significant on it, because this movie is about women having self-determination in a world that does not want to allow them to have self-determination. Yeah. So mm. see, I disagree. It should be up to me. Oh, OK. Yeah. So well. that, that's where, you know, agree to disagree kind of thing. Uh, Rocco starting his uh, political campaign for president this year. <laughs> I just didn't want. I just didn't want to do a woke episode. You know, I just feel oh, like you, you know you. went that way. You're, you're the most obsessed about woke. You bringing it up? Yeah, I mm. didn't this episode at all. Mm. Till now, I saved it. You did bring it up though. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, agree with all that. I think that um, you know, their time like as the viewer, you don't want the mom to come back. You you're like like you want time to stand still for them. <laughs> then when the mom comes back, you see how things instantly change and it yeah. is, it's hard. It's a hard, like goodbye. Like yeah. it's not. And then when the mom like gets her that, that surprise wedding dress or whatever. And it's like, she knows her fucking kid doesn't want this wedding dress and does not want to get married, but she doesn't give a fuck. You know, like she just is putting her through this. And the wedding dress is the dress from the ghostly vision. Right. So it's like, this is what you're going to wear to die in a way. That's like the symbolism yeah, of yeah. it. Like this is your, dress that you will descend into the underworld wearing uh in miriam's mind they also kind of have a fight and they talk about like are you angry at me that i'm getting married and yeah they they kind of touch on like you should stand up for yourself and she's like do you really expect me to do that you know i'm here with you now isn't this me standing up for myself like exploring this relationship with you um and yeah you just know this movie honestly I I can see why it's so highly regarded with critics because it's kind of like a modern day Romeo and Juliet. I definitely felt that. It's like a tragic love story and you you, you want them to be together but you know it, it's fucking impossible. You know yeah, that's not an option. In the same way that Romeo and Juliet literally starts with like yo these two are going to die, you kind of feel like their own doom is already here. Like, yeah, like it's, it's baked her, in. It's, yeah. They can't escape their I fate. I mean, this does start with that, you know, her talking about the picture of her on fire like that in the art class. Like it kind of does tell you this isn't going to work out. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Yeah, it's it's two lovers doomed uh from the beginning. Yeah. And so, yeah, her mom comes back and she sees the painting and now the new painting, it's the same painting, 
But I thought it was better. It, me too. I mm. thought it was better. Maybe it it's captured because, a little bit more. Maybe because we just, you know, oh, we were programmed by the movie and the narrative. Like, yeah, it is better. But I don't know. It just felt like it was more. Hey, kudos to that artist who was there. Because yeah. I felt like there was a subtle difference between those paintings, even though they're extremely similar. It's like, yeah, this one captures the essence. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're just saying that. Maybe we're just, it's placebo effect. I don't know. Yeah. So. That's it. That's pretty much it. Then it cuts back to the art class. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yep. And then I went away and I didn't, you know, that was the end of it. And they say there were two more times that I saw her in my life. And it cuts to a little bit after this experience together. She's in an art gallery and she's standing by a painting of Orpheus and Eurydice. Mm -hmm. And this guy comes up to comment on it and he's like, oh, I, I love your father's painting. We, we often see this moment of this story illustrated, but it's always either before he looks back or after he looks back. This is the moment that they are looking at each other and it's like a last goodbye. Um, that for me is when it clicked like, oh, that's who Heloise was in all of those mm-hmm. doorways. When right. I saw the because she's painted exactly how Heloise looked right, in, right. in that dress. And again, she says like, yeah, it's my painting. I submitted it under my father's name because they wouldn't let me in here, mm-hmm. but it's actually mine. And he's like, oh, oh well done. Um, and then at the art gallery, she is looking at the paintings and she sees a different painting of Eloise painted by a different artist. And now there's a child in the painting too, a young girl. And it was a little heartbreaking. It, you was, know, it was. Because you're like, oh, she moved on. She has a kid now. Like, Again, like if, you know, a lot of people out there can relate to you had this relationship in the past that was super significant. And sometimes you find out that that person who you loved so much has moved on with their life and they're not even talking to you anymore. And it's just kind of heartbreaking because you're like, eh, what could have been if it was us? So right. it's so sad. <laughs> and in the painting, she's holding a book and her finger has a page marked and it's page 28. Which I got the chills when I saw that. I was like, oh, fuck. That, I, I really like that. <laughs> so, like, yeah, haunting. It gave me the chills, too, because it's like, ah, oh, the passion still burns. After mm-hmm. all of these years, she never forgot you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she says that was the first time. And then the last time I saw her, and it cuts to an opera house. And Miriam's sitting in the balcony and across the opera on the opposite balcony, Eloise is moving to the front of the balcony. She says she didn't see me. And the final scene of the movie is Eloise takes a front row seat on the balcony for the opera. And it's Vivaldi's summer that they're playing. And it's a slow push in on her as the music just plays. And you just see her trying to hold back her emotion. But tears start streaming down her face. This gave me chills. Yeah, me too. And this was the final image of the movie. The movie ends on this scene. Um, it was like a two-minute shot. Like that one shot was just like a nonstop. It was pushing in. It was wild. Yeah, and it was incredible. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I took away from this, from when it was all said and done, it was like, yeah, dude, sometimes like your life can be fucking defined by like one good week, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> one good week. Portrait of a Lady on Fire is like this woman fell in love for five days and her passion burns on till the end of time. And I I was not ready for the movie to be over. This is the time where it's like, give me another hour of them getting back together. I'd watch it. Like I <laughs> I was I it honestly reminds me too, like 
I, why didn't she find her? Why didn't she leave her seat and go get her? Or like, why did, why didn't, but then as you mentioned earlier, maybe she does want to hold that memory of that week and doesn't want to talk to her now because things have changed and things are different. Like maybe that's her, you know, yeah. looking back to keep that memory preserved. I think just knowing that Eloise loves her and will always love her is enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we can't be together, but I know you love me deeply right. um, from afar. After all these years, after all this distance, you're still thinking of me. And that is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Who is the Portrait of a Lady on Fire? Is it Eloise in the in the actual painting getting burned? Or is it this movie of Miriam, mm-hmm. you know, having this love? I, either of them could be. The yeah. subject of the movie itself is a portrait of a lady on fire of, uh, of Miriam burning with a, a passion and a desire for the lover that she can't have. So that's, uh, that's basically the plot right there. Yeah. That's it. Derek, what'd you think of it? Um, yeah. I mean, any other like things you want to add or should we just uh, get into shaker? I was just going to say, yeah, that, uh, that ending was a fucking 10 out of 10 for me. That was, uh, that, push in was like yeah uh rose the movie a point for me <laughs> i loved how it ended i keep fucking mixing up the i like i said did not know their names even till now i'm like Mar- i feel like 80 times during this episode i've mixed up marianne and fucking Heloise Heloise, as yeah. the other anyway so i apologize if i did that eight times during this episode but yeah anyway whoever was watching whoever i love that ending yeah, it was good. This is one of those movies where when it's over, I'm kind of like, meh, okay, okay. And then my day goes on and I just keep thinking about it, you know? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty deep. Yeah. Holy shit, that was fucking relatable, you know? And yeah. I just keep like, you know, just, just thinking about like, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I got everything. I'm like, well, actually, maybe it's a lot deeper than I thought. And you just keep thinking yeah. about it. Uh, and I love movies like that. So, yeah. you know... When I was watching this movie, I was like, okay, it's pretty. They say this is a masterpiece. It's kind of slow. It's kind of quiet. <laughs> maybe two stars. Maybe and I think about it more. I was like, yeah, you know what? This is a solid movie. Three stars. And yeah. Then I was coming in here being like, you know what? This might be a four star movie. And then I'm here now and I'm like, is this a five star film? You know, this <laughs> is, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When I, I, like I said before, I watched it on Hulu and I was like, huh, all right. And then, yeah, like months later, Criterion put out like a really fancy Blu-ray package of it. And I never thought I would have bought that, but I bought it. Mm. I was like, ah, yeah, I want to own that. Yeah. It's got all the artwork in it. So (laughs) um, I ended up really liking this movie. I am going to give it four out of five. For me personally, it's great. Um, Yeah, I think... uh, you know, I might even give it 4.5 out of 5 mm-hmm. simply because, you know, I, I don't know if I should even deduct a point from it because it's not like my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this know, is where I'm sitting with it, too. Yeah, it's I, like I want to I want to rate it really high. Yeah. but I'm like, I'm not I'm not going to say it's the perfect movie. Yeah, for me. But it is very close to a perfect movie. And for other people, it is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to stick with uh, 
four, unofficially a four and a half, but I don't do half. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. Yeah, I, I that's where I sit with it, where I want to give. Yeah, there is part of me that wants to give it a five. And I'm not because I feel like when I give a movie a five, this is like, yo, I'm going to watch this fucking movie a hundred times a day until I die, you know, like kind of thing. I'm not going to do that with this, but that's not a mark against the movie. That's not I don't know if I'm willing to engage with this at that level, I guess. Um, but that's not a mark against that's not their fault. Um, I sit, Yeah, I basically sit in the same place as you. I'm going to give it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. But it's almost a five. I, again, feel like I discovered a genre that I love here, which is like just letting me exist with these feelings. Um, you know, this this long, quiet. Again, it's a balancing act. If you can nail that, you can have a really effective kind of piece like this. And um, and I thought they they did such a wonderful job letting it speak for itself letting you connect with it on your own terms. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm going to stick with the four. Um, cool. Yeah, for me, I it really started, it's so weird because it started so low. And then by the end, it, it just it kept climbing. And I'm going to give it a five. I fucking loved it. Wow. Um, I thought it was a beautiful story. If, I mean... They'll n- they would never make a sequel. But if they did, I would be happy to see what happens with these characters. Por- I want to know more. Portrait of ladies on fire. I I I I loved it. Portrait and I of thought, a lady underwater. I thought it was tragic and beautiful, and like yeah. it really captured that first the honeymoon phase that I said before of relationships so yeah. well. And yeah, I didn't understand the armpit thing when she put the drugs in her armpit. That was weird. <laughs> But you know, I'm not going to dock it for that. That was yeah. A- um, for me, that is what made me think that those were like a, a convent of witches that they went to hang out with. Yeah, because, you know, there's this theory that we talk about witches flying on a broom, uh, but some people think that the broom would be lubed up with some sort of salve or paste that was made from a plant concoction, and that women could actually straddle it and. Uh, it would enter their body. It would absorb. It would absorb through their groin and flying was like being high, like experiencing a drug trip. So she says like, they say this will make you fly and they put it in the armpits because yeah, that's a, you know, certain parts of your body you can absorb. Right. uh, Chemicals through. So yeah. Well, now I get it. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why she was rubbing it into her armpits. Yeah. Cause that was a weird scene too. I'm like, what is she doing? That that was a quick cut. I was like, what is, what am I looking at? Uh, anyways, five. I thought it was yeah, it was a beautiful story, wow. and I really liked it. I really, I, I am shocked by myself saying that, but yeah, definitely a five for me. And uh, I, yeah, like you said, Rocco, I won't watch this every day. But I think Schindler's List is a five, and I wouldn't give. I'm not gonna see that every day. Probably never see it again. But it's, I acknowledge it's a fantastic movie. So yeah, cool. Well, that's uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's really hard. It's just it's it's hard. It's like it's not even a question of will I watch this every day. You know, it's like, yeah, I know what you mean, Derek. It's like, it, yeah, it, it's not my kind of movie that I normally gravitate to. But that doesn't take in any way away. To from me, it's that's excellence. even more impressive that it got us. Yeah, you know? I think that. Yeah, and that and that in itself makes me want to give it a five. Yeah, but um, yeah, four, yeah. I mean, four and a half, maybe. 
I really do consider it like a modern day Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But some people out there don't want to watch Shakespeare. Some people out there want to watch The Mandalorian and reality TV. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure like as time goes on, I probably will wish I gave this movie a higher score because it is like all my favorite movies. I, I actually think suck when I first watch uh-huh. them. Yeah. And then, and then as time goes on, I really reflect on them and I yep. go, what sucked about it? Yeah. Really? Mm. Like what? It, it just, <laughs> it, it didn't give me what I expected from a conventional movie, but yeah. is that, is that a problem? Yeah. You know, that they did things differently and succeeded by doing things differently. Yeah. I'm happy. I've had this feeling kind of twice now. Well, I mean, I, again, I had seen this before, so I kind of had already gone through that phase you know, whenever it was that I saw it, but, uh, uh, you know, just recently with Tara, I kind of feel like I went through the same thing and I'm just like, what, 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 what was that? And yeah. then it was just every day since and same actress like, in yeah. both. It's, it's she has this. Yeah. We knew, uh, what was the actress's name? Noemi, Noemi Merlant. Yeah. Merlant? I don't know. Yeah. However you say it, uh, yo, the Noemi effect. It's real. A four out of five is not a bad review. No, 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 no. Um, and, I think for me, it's what for me, a, a five out of five movie is I I know it's a five out of five coming out the gate. And this movie, I had to reflect on it. So like I said, ask me a couple years from now, I might rate it higher after I've yeah. had time to process it. Um, but four out of five is not a bad review. No. At all. I think it's a wonderful movie. Doesn't that suck, though? When video games come out, people do that all the time. They're like, give it eight out of ten. That's bullshit. It's like that's a great that's a great score. That's good. That's good but people score. think everything should be a ten. It can't be like that, guys. Well, that and that's why I am hesitant to give it a five out of five because yeah. I don't usually like to do absolutes. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. If yeah. I I have to really fucking hate a movie for it to be a zero, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not just gonna be like, some people might like it, but I don't yeah. zero. Um, and that's why I think you need to kind of reevaluate the Snyder verse a little bit, you know, I think maybe take another look. And I want to, you know, I want to be, uh, a little stingy with my fives. I want to be conservative with the films, yeah. you know, my collection of five star films. I don't want it to be too vast. Yeah. I think I've done it four or five times. Not that many, not that many. I think, yeah, I think I've given more probably than anyone. I think because there, I don't know. There's some things that just fucking please me, man. Yeah, (laughs) and I I don't even and I can't there's certain things that trip certain things in me where I'm like I don't I'm not seeing the flaws you know and I'm just eating it like candy so I think I've probably been the most generous with that but I hear you um so it's my pick and uh I didn't have a movie prepared for this for some reason I didn't think it was my pick and I realize now that it is but I'm gonna is your pick yeah didn't you do escape from New York yeah is it your pick yes oh thank god oh (laughs) Because I was gonna bullshit time, something. I'm like, hey, I, you know, if you want, I was I was gonna just wing something out there. Yeah. But I'm glad. Okay, thank God, Rocco. What do we got? Well, you guys know I love to pick a great movie that has makeup effects. Uh, you know, transforming someone into you know, you know, I love a great. Um, well, I was gonna say creature movie, but that sounds a little offensive for what I'm gonna pick. Okay, because this is a movie about a whale. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I guess there's a whale in it. The whale. It's finally, you can rent it now. <laughs> you can rent we were going to pick it before. Okay. And you couldn't, it wasn't easily attainable. Now it is. You can just 
you can watch okay, it. Okay, so now it's it. the whale. So now we're going to pick the whale. Or and I know, we're going to watch Tommy appa- Boy 2. Apparently, there's some good makeup effects in it. I haven't seen it. Brendan Fraser won for it. I want to see why. All right. I bet he's not that great. We'll see you next week. Get to the bottom of it. For the whale. See ya. Goodbye.